0: Welcome to Weaning 15, my new podcast series all about weaning. In each episode, I'm going to be talking with Charlotte Sterling-Reed, a registered nutritionist specialising in maternal and infant nutrition. Charlotte is the expert in this field, but has helped me with my new book, Weaning 15. Each episode will cover a different topic with the aim of giving you all the knowledge and confidence you need to start weaning your baby. Thanks for listening. Let's get weaning. Welcome to episode number six of Weaning 15, and this podcast episode is all about fussy eating and food refusal. Now, I think, Charlotte, this is going to be the longest one. We might overrun, guilty as charged, we might be 20 (laughs) minutes, but we can't skip this one because this is the one that so many parents struggle with and are so concerned about whether they've got signs of a fussy eater or a really, really fussy eating toddler, Mm. And, and the question is, you know, is it too late? And I really want you to know that it's never too late. So to get your little ones eating well, yeah, absolutely. to yeah, get your absolutely. kids you know, off to a good start and getting them back on it. So, Charlotte, how do you deal with a question or, or the comment when a parent says, she, and you must get it all the time, I, I see so many DMs mm. and comments, my kid's so fussy they'll only eat baked beans and chicken yeah. nuggets. What do you say in that situation?
1: So if you've got into that, I mean, obviously, the first of all, I talk a lot about weaning, which is kind of the introduction to foods and how you can not prevent it, because I'm never going to say you can prevent fussy eating, but how you can reduce it happening so much. But what I would normally say to a parent who's kind of got themselves stuck in a rut and wants to get out of it is... Like you say, it's never too late. Um, it's all about exposure. It's all about reintroducing those foods gradually. It's all about role modelling. We talked about that a lot in the last um, podcast episode. It's all about showing them and exploring all those foods together and trying to make food fun. Um, it sounds sounds you know like, how is this going to work? But actually, it is just about keeping on trying, being really consistent um, and doing all that you can. But you can get there. Kids go through phases all the time. And most of the time, fussy eating is just phase it's just how you deal with it that can make it be longer or shorter phase
0: what should you do if you offer your you know you make a lovely little meal let's say it's a brand new recipe that you've tried like a, a little homemade risotto with some veg and a bit of parmesan cheese or whatever it might be and you you're really excited about it mm. and you feel really great and you're so proud of this little recipe you've made for your baby you stick it on the table they look at it they throw it on the floor mm. or flick a spoonful in your face you know does that mean you never offer that to me you know again or What's this what's your rule on the multiple exposure thing? Cause so I know you I remember yeah. you kept saying, Joe, if it not like something, don't yeah. give up. Multiple exposure, keep giving her that, mm. that option and try that out because she will eventually try it in a different form, yeah. maybe, or a different you know, different flavour on it. And that is important because I really believe that and that's what's I think Indy's like food vocabulary is so yeah. wide because I've given her so much stuff.
1: Yeah, so I guess going back to basics. Kids like what they're familiar with and there's so much research now that shows that familiarity is what is key to get children to eat certain foods, okay? So if they, if you try them with a risotto and they're like, uh-uh, new food, no, uh-uh, I don't want to try it and you take that away and you don't ever offer it to them again, they're never going to be exposed to it and they're never going to get a chance to try it and accept it. I think one of the things I love that you say as well is don't take that personally. They're not rationally going, I don't like mum's cooking. They're just going, do you know what? I don't feel like this today so although it's hard when you've slaved away maybe you can reuse that food later on maybe you can freeze it and have it another day maybe you can add it to your partner's dinner and they can have that when they get home or you can try it again with baby just try not to lose heart realize that their appetites will go up and down all the time and yeah repeated exposure especially to single foods is so important so if you try your baby with broccoli and they go no not having any of that and you never try it again, they're never going to learn to like it or they're never going to learn to accept it because it's familiarity that helps. So we normally say that research says eight to ten tastes of a novel food before a baby will accept it. But in my experience, it can take more than that. And sometimes it takes less than that. It just varies.
0: I found that with the food refusal thing quite emotional and quite challenging at first. Mm. I'd be so passionate about a recipe I'd be so excited and then she'd fry it away mm. or wouldn't go near it and just refuse it. And rather than get worked up and upset, like sometimes... It was because she just genuinely didn't like the flavour. Maybe i put too much, you know... Cumin, yeah, yeah, completely, too much, that does happen, um, yeah. You know, coriander. But I'd, I'd often maybe, rather than get worked up, I would actually just sort of leave the table, go away for an hour or two and come back and offer the food. And, nine, like I said, nine times out of ten, she would actually try the food. Try it, it was, again. It was that moment in time she didn't want it. But one thing I'll, I'll say is that, you know, with food refusal, it can be so weird. It's like you can't, you can't predict. No. Because one day she's absolutely obsessed with something and then the next day I'll try and give it to her and she won't go near it so mm. y- you can't write foods off um, absolutely and you not do, you do need to kind of always think am I giving them enough variety and even if you are as a person a fussy eater and don't eat any veg mm. you know don't let that rub off into your kid like you've got to bring the veg into the house Complete, yeah. try and cook it and like I said boiled veg it sucks but when you fry it or, you know, you roast it yeah. in some, a little bit of curry powder or something like, you know, cauliflower and broccoli, that yeah. tastes amazing. And Indy loves that type type of food because I've, I've always given it to her from the very start. And I would mm. be making little curries, So she won't necessarily, like I said, eat a, a head of broccoli. But if I chop it up into little bits and put it in her yeah. omelet, she noshes it off and she loves mm. it and she'll eat the whole thing. And so it is a case of... Um, you know, yeah, trying the same foods but in different formats.
1: Yeah, definitely. You can try it in foods in different formats but as you said, variety is so key. The more variety that we offer to children from a young age, the more variety they're likely to eat as they get older. So exactly as you say, if, you know, one day you're, and, and i I tell you what, one of the main things I get parents write to me about is they say, do you know what, my kid was such a good eater and boom, I've hit eight months or 12 months or 18 months and now they won't eat vegetables and I'm like, that's so normal, you know. Children do go through these phases, but it's so important for you to carry on being consistent. So offer the same meals that you offered, offer the same amount of variety. The more you limit the amount that you offer them because you're worried that they're refusing it, the more we're gonna be imposing limits on their own diet. So I think variety, um keeping on trying and consistency are so key. That's one
0: thing I really I found quite difficult with a Weaning 15 account is how a lot of people would say, oh you know. Indy's eating so well but you wait till she turns one or yeah. you wait till she turns 18 months and I was always sort of thinking oh maybe it's going to go wrong maybe she's mm-hmm. going to start throwing all this food in my face and not eat all these lovely foods that I give her but the reality is I've been consistent and I've mm. I've worked hard at it like, and some people say you're lucky Indy eats all that food but I've actually worked really hard I've had to deal with yeah. tantrums I've had to be patient and I've had to tolerate food throwing food lobbing throwing. it in your
1: face yeah, yeah and I've, I've, I really
0: have had to like work at it and so mm. she is a product of my my kind of um consistent approach with food and my principles around food and nutrition and so it is a case of you know of course there are such things as super super fussy eaters where kids have a real fear of certain textures and flavors but as a general rule i think parents were too quick to say my kids are fussy because he won't eat peas he won't eat broccoli he'll only eat chicken nuggets and chips but you know who's buying the chicken nuggets and Mm. chips who's putting in the oven because if your kid's two years old he ain't making his own dinner And so you have to, I know it's hard to kind of hear that, but you have to be able to sometimes stand your ground and say, look, I'm not giving you chicken nuggets and chips right now. I know that's what you're going to eat Mm. and I know that's my fallback. and I'd rather you be fed. But sometimes you've got to say, look, I've made you this food. I've made this lovely pasta with some some tomato sauce and, and vegetables. Give it a go. And if they say no, if you crack and you always... Cave give in,
1: an alternative. Caving, yeah. you
0: give an the alternative, which is a quick, you know, chicken, nugget and chips in the oven, then your kid knows they know they've just got to push you a mm. little bit more, cry a little bit further, and they're gonna get the meal. So it is as hard as it may seem, yeah. you have to be willing to Stand your ground against that toddler and not Mm. let them run the kitchen. Mm.
1: And you're absolutely right. There are some children who are, you know, genetically they might be more likely to be fussy eaters, but that doesn't mean that they have to be fussy eaters. You also might have children with certain conditions as well, where again they're more fussy about foods and textures. And that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the very general, um, you know, children who just all of a sudden decide they don't want to eat X or they don't want to eat Y. And I completely agree with you. It's so so important to realise that often this. Is just a phase. And if you can try and be consistent, if you can try and carry on offering those same foods that you normally offer to your little one, it really, really can make a difference. But as Joe says, it's, it is work. It's work. It takes work. It takes perseverance. It takes, you know, sometimes you're tearing your hair out. I've been through phases of Rafi of two weeks where he's just point blank refused veggies. And I've been like, this is my career what's at stake.
0: What's wrong with you, don't <laughs> Eat your veggies. Eat, Eat your greens. veg. I will say, though, I think even as an adult and in the world we live in, we are in an environment which is making it easier to be sedentary and lazy and easier to be overweight and to be eating these convenience foods because it's all about time and speed, right? So it's the same with your kids. We are busier than ever. We're getting more stressed out. We're more anxious and we're working harder than ever. And that means that you'll do anything to speed things up. Combine that with the environment, fast food, delivery, meals getting delivered to your house and also you know, um, all these food products that are marketed to us Mm. for children, you're constantly bombarded with mixed messages around, you know, what is healthy for your children, what's quick, what's easy? So Mm. you're torn between wanting to give them a healthy home-cooked meal versus, look, this thing I can just whack in the microwave or get out of the freezer is quicker and it's easier, and I know my kid's going to eat it. Yeah, that's
1: the thing. Sometimes it is, you know, a lot of parents say to me, I'd rather they were fed than not, but actually regularly offering alternatives. And, you know, every now and then having an alternative because you know that you've put too much spice in, for example, is absolutely fine. But regularly offering your little one an alternative, all it's going to teach them is that they don't need to eat the meal that you've cooked them, that you've created for them as a family. And honestly, I work with some families who are cooking, like, separate meal for the husband, separate meal for this child and a different meal for this child. It's exhausting. So actually it can end up being more difficult if you do end up getting into that phase of offering an alternative. So... Definitely, one of my tips is to try and avoid offering alternatives at meal times, and a lot of parents struggle to get on board with that.
0: Yeah, it's hard because you don't want to see your kid upset and crying, and you do anything you can to quickly give them that, yeah. you know, that cereal bar, that juice, or that, you know, fruit, fruit shoot, whatever it may be. And it's a case of it's, it's you have to be consistent and know that if you're not, you're not doing your child injustice by like putting them off the table and saying, look, go away and we'll play for an hour together and we'll come back and eat. Like you're not it's not a case of like, oh, you're making them go hungry, you're really mean. You're allowing them to build up an appetite and there's a big mm. difference, isn't there? So mm. it's changing your mindset and thinking, why do I really want my baby to eat this meal that I've cooked? Like, why do I want them to eat this healthy food? And if you think about... You're doing it because you love them, and you want to be healthy, and you want to have a good digestive system, and go on to be, you know, adventurous leaders. It's like you're doing it for the right reasons. You've just got to put, push through the tantrums mm. and the crying and the whinging, and know that, you know, if you just push through it and you're consistent, a hungry baby will eat. I I think there's this illusion that if your baby doesn't eat a meal mm. or they go to bed about dinner, they're gonna, you know, starve themselves. But we're humans. We're supposed mm. to survive. We will eat. Mm. You know, and I hate canned tuna, but if I went long enough and I was hungry enough, I would eat a can of tinned tin tuna. Do you know what I mean? So it's that yeah. thing of just change your mindset a little yeah. bit. And, and,
1: and, and, you know, don't get us wrong as well. I think I to do totally understand how difficult it is, you know. Like we've said before, if you create a meal and they're not eating it and you're desperate because you need to get out of the house or you want them to sleep or this, that and the other, it's so difficult in that moment, isn't it? It can be really, really hard to cope with food refusal.
0: This is going to lead on to another important question, which is a big one. And I get confused because the government, like you read certain things and it'll be like, you, you must give your children three snacks a day and three meals a day and all this thing but I'll be honest with you I don't give any snacks and mm. the reason I don't give any snacks is the same reason I don't eat snacks because mm. I have breakfast lunch and dinner three meals a day when I'm hungry and, and decent portions and I don't graze in between it's, what, it's how I stay energized. It's how I stay mm. lean. It's how I stay, you know, full of beans when I open the morning because I'm just relying on the meals. Mm. And I know that if I snacked all day, I wouldn't eat my meals. Mm. And it's the same with babies. I think if I gave Indy loads of snacks, and I have done it before, where I've given her, you know, a bag of those little, you know, veggie crisp and a banana and some berries before dinner, try and sit her down. She don't want to eat her yeah. dinner.
1: and and I think it, you know appetites do vary from children massively. But she's obviously fit into your family and your routine and the way that your routine works as well. So that's what works for her. Also, she's like. Rafi she eats quite large meals I still get loads of people write to me saying my god is my child supposed to be eating that amount and I'm like well not necessarily because Raf has a big appetite for mealtime so when he's with me I don't give him snacks either he doesn't have snacks in between meals with me but that's just because he eats big meals at mealtimes yeah if he's with in-laws um you know he's with my mum today she sent me a picture of him having a baby chino and a scone which means you know he probably won't eat his lunch very well that's that's
0: a cute <laughs> really that baby chinos <laughs> But I suppose the point is your, your child may be different. I mean, Indy doesn't have snacks because and I really want her to have the appetite to sit down and chow down on that meal. Um, mm. But some babies you might find if they do need a snack, yeah. it's fine. I'm not saying don't give your baby snacks. But just be aware that if you are letting them graze yeah. throughout the day, they're going to be constantly Completely. pulling at your that's dress or, and yeah. saying, oh, I want a snack. And they know, and they know they get that food all the time. Mm. Whereas Indy doesn't even think about food. Yeah. It's just like, she knows there's food coming when I get the yeah. food out and I sit her down on the table. I'm not one of these parents that's constantly pulling out, I've got an apple here and a banana yeah. and a bag of nuts. Yeah. and so it's like.
1: I think if the, the trouble as well is, like we've talked a lot, even throughout the other episodes, about the importance of kind of that appetite. So listening to their appetite. And actually children don't learn their own appetite if they are constantly... Constantly grazing, So if they never experience what it feels like to be a little bit hungry or to be full, you know, if they're constantly grazing on food, they're not really going to learn their own appetite. So if you are offering snacks, and as you said, the NHS do say, you know, you can absolutely from a year offer three meals and a couple of snacks a day, because children need a lot of energy and nutrients. So if they don't eat huge meals, then a couple of snacks in the middle can help to top up on nutrients. But just try and make sure it's fairly structured that you're offering healthy options. So mini meals rather than like a bag of crisps and whatever um, because they're going to fill up on that and they're not going to get the nutrients they need
0: when I shared the information the tip I said look if you've got a fussy eater or your kid's not got a massive appetite maybe try not to give any snacks today like as an alternative like don't don't offer mm. alternative just let them get hungry you know go, go to the park or go and hang out and play in the living room whatever it may be it was a revelation for so many parents because yeah, they were so hell bent on like well I've got to give my kids snacks they need to have this this and this mm. and when they removed those snacks and they allowed the appetite to build up they were, every single person, and I must have had about a thousand people message me saying, Joe, thank you for sharing that tip mm. because it's really made such Love a that. difference. So, you know, the fussy, eating, the fussy eating problem up here could be fixed by mm. just making a small change on this side, yeah. which is cut out snacks. Um you know be more active and then when you sit them down to have that meal they're going to be way more receptive mm. and i really do believe and, uh, in that And
1: hopefully you know obviously you want those meals to be nice and balanced as well because as i say you know we do need to make sure that children are getting enough nutrients throughout the day and snacks can be a good way to get those nutrients in but if you're offering a really healthy balanced meal and they're eating quite big portions at those meal times and they can get a lot in there including like you know if you have like a pudding afterwards or a pudding during the meal time as well that that can be a good way to get nutrients in but really what i would say say is it's important not to allow them to kind of graze on what we sometimes call empty calories so some of these like bags of crisps or like some of the baby snacks that you can get there on uh, in the you know manufactured foods can be totally like almost no nutrients in there and just a a bag of you know few calories and actually kids need nutrients so I think it depends what they're offering them and obviously everyone's different but yeah I I think that grazing in between mealtimes is definitely one of the things that can lead to food refusal.
0: That's a really great point And I think it's such a nice thing to share because it's a simple change and a simple adjustment that can make a huge difference. But like you said, you know, try it for a week. Try and see see the difference. Like in, in your child, if you remove those snacks and you don't let them graze and you just focus on the meal times, I think you'll be amazed at how important and how kind of impact yeah. it can be. So that goes on to my next question, which is, you know, is it too late to get my kid eating healthy? And I really think there's a lot of parents out there that feel like quite helpless and feel like it's too mm. late. Um, but, you know, I was a very fussy eater growing up. And the truth is... You have got your work out. It's going to be more challenging for you to kind of break a three or four-year-old into healthy habits. But it's not too late. It's not over. And you can make adjustments. And again, going back to all the points you've said about creating the environment, role modeling, sitting together, exploring new things, you know, cooking together, Mm. all these things are ways that are going to help your child engage in food more. Mm. Um, And even if if the screen thing is an issue, trying to have dinner one night without the screen and seeing how different that experience can be for Mm. you and your child.
1: And sometimes it's about taking the attention off of the fussy behavior, because that's one thing that I see over and over again is that the child who's kind of refusing food gets so much attention at mealtimes. And actually, if you can sit back, again, feed yourself, um, you know, talk, talk around the table, have communication, take the pressure off them actually eating up the food sometimes that's all they need and that can make all the difference in the world focus your attention on you know dad or someone else around the table who is eating quite well rather than all of the attention on the child who's refusing food because it can really really encourage that to continue
0: totally agree i think when the pressure's all on the baby and it's all like everyone's staring it's all the intensities on that it it just they can feel that and it makes it unenjoyable it's like being you know performing monkey so if you can sit together and like yeah like just almost look away and have a conversation yeah
1: completely you
0: actually look around and they start playing with it and they start Mm. eating more food so
1: that does happen so so often more often than you would think actually so yeah that's definitely a good so all these little
0: things you know they're they're tips and advice and strategies which you can implement but i i just want to stress and re-emphasize that there's no right or wrong like there's Mm. no perfect solution there's no perfect portion size um there's no perfect diet for your child it's about you you know, what navigating it and, and working for it yourself. But I always say, like, as long as you're focusing on healthy food and you're, you know, and, and allowing a few treats now and again, you can't really go wrong, you know? No. You can't go wrong and you're all, we're all gonna we all survive, we all end up you know yeah, and healthy we do. and we all you end up do, using absolutely. a knife and fork and so and that's I... the
1: thing i think it's really it is important to say that as well you know if your little one is fussy it's a fussy eater it isn't necessarily the end of the world you know the human body is incredibly clever and will deal with the food that they get and absorb as many of the nutrients as they can from those foods so it isn't necessarily going to be the end of the world obviously it's stressful but you know my tips are normally role model continue to offer a variety be really consistent try and find ways to make those meal times fun and enjoyable for everyone um and try and have some kind of routine around mealtimes those are not my normally my kind of tips to to get children back to eating their meals again
0: amazing advice thank you so much charlotte i really hope that episode has been useful and it was a 20 minute so i knew it was going to be longer um but it was a good good conversation <laughs> yeah. and one that i think will help a lot of people so, so
1: um
0: thanks again for listening i hope you enjoyed that coming up on episode number seven we are going to be talking about developing social skills eating out and travelling with a baby. Now, a lot of parents um, want advice around this. Yeah, this is
1: definitely your episode.
0: So I'll see you soon for episode number seven. Thanks again for listening. And that right there is Weaning 15.
1: Bye.